Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next installment of the Airstreaming Sojourners. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And we're talking to you today about... Indianapolis, Indiana. We've been away from the podcast for a little while. And the reason for that is that it's very, very difficult to get Wi-Fi access in order to upload. We found that most of the campsites that we were staying at uh, did not have fast enough Wi-Fi for us to upload, if any at all. So we're a little bit behind with our loading our podcast. And we apologize for that. But we are trying a new, uh, I guess, method. It's called Skyroam. It is a Wi-Fi hotspot that's supposed to be able to be used all over the world. You buy your data plan by the day or by the month, and... We'll see how it goes. So far, so good. But that and by no means is an endorsement or recommendation. We're just letting you know we tried something new, and if it seems to work out, maybe we'll give them an endorsement or a recommendation. But we'll we, keep you updated on how it's working. Yeah, us. we'll have to we'll have to let you know. This is the the Skyroam Solus X that we're coming to you from. Looking for a place to stay in Indianapolis. We wanted to be a little bit outside north of the downtown area. Our friends lived in that area. We wanted to be closer to them. We're, um, so we did end up finding a campsite for an RV at White River Park County Campground. Yeah, surprisingly, there were not too many options uh, within the greater Indianapolis area for camping or you know RV parks. I think the closest one was this one. Uh, the other ones were very much in the outside of town, at least an hour. And it was actually a very, very nice park. We were quite surprised. Um, they're very friendly there, very helpful. Right along a river, there was a reservoir. So on the first full day, we arrived there later in the evening. And the next day, we took our kayak off the roof of the truck and we took it down to a reservoir, Morse Reservoir. Uh, great place to kayak, um, very low boat traffic. It was a beautiful fall day, and we were able to get some kayaking. I think we went about, oh, maybe five, six miles, and uh, just had a great time. I think there might have been maybe three or four other people on the water that day. So it was a fun way to spend the afternoon, and we highly recommend a visit to the reservoir if you are in the area. But let's get down to... Uh, Indianapolis. We we did make a stop in Indianapolis to visit some some friends we'd met many years ago down in Key West, Florida. So here's our shout out to uh, Julian, Bill, uh, Trevor, and Brandy, and Braden and Jody. Uh, we were able to stop in and visit them and spend some time with them and kind of check out their town. We um, met them the first evening at a wine bar in Fishers. Um, and Julie, she actually has a, um, I think an Instagram page and a blog called Sensible Wino. Correct. Julie is a, here's a shout out to our friend Julie, who is known, uh, AKA as the Sensible Wino. Um, she is a uh, very proficient and knowledgeable 
in many facets of wine, wine culture. And uh, they do spend a lot of time, I think their favorite uh, area is the Finger Lakes up in, in New York. And I wonder if that's because it's easier for them to get to. They're able to drive there from Indianapolis compared to other parts of the country, maybe. Yeah, so this is an invite, Julie. We are inviting you to come on out to the West Coast and check out some of those great wines we have, both in the central uh, coast of California and in Napa. So, Sensible Wino, this is your invitation. <laughs> but anyway, we, we did meet and hung, hang got to hang out with them for a little while in Indianapolis. And then they suggested for the next day that we go check out downtown Indy, and they gave us some suggestions. Um, the cultural bike trail, uh, we didn't take our bikes down. We thought it would be a little bit too difficult logistically, but we did walk the cultural bike trail, and it's quite interesting. I think it was donated by a family. It says it on the trail as you walk, and it goes throughout downtown Indianapolis into different Neighborhoods. It basically um, it gives you a glimpse of all the neighborhoods in Indianapolis, and uh, Indianapolis is a a, a very uh, growing and prosperous area. Um, it's really coming up. There's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, a very fun city. We were very interested in going to Indianapolis because, like I mentioned, we have our friends there, and they're always posting about all these great things that they do and places they go to. So we want, kind of wanted to see it a little bit for ourselves to kind of figure out what Indy was all about. Um, they recommended to us a very hot hipster uh, eating establishment. Uh, Milk Tooth, it's called. We did have brunch there. Um, I believe I got a peach melba pancake and an egg on the side. And I ended up getting some kind of a breakfast shepherd's pie. I uh, did the pour over coffee, of course. And it was it was good. I, I will warn you, it, it's not the spot to go to if you're looking for bacon and eggs or uh, kind of your traditional breakfast fare. They're it very has, unusual um, dishes. It has a very eclectic menu, very different uh, ingredients that you wouldn't su- suspect or even look for. And it, it probably took me about 10 or 15 minutes to just kind of figure out what the menu was actually offering. Um. FYI, there's no decaf coffee available at Milk Tooth. So, Michelle, what was your favorite uh, thing about Milk Tooth? Or what did you like or not like? I actually found the menu really difficult to pick from. A lot of dishes with mushrooms, which I don't eat mushrooms. Um, And I think there are a lot of oyster dishes, and I have a shellfish allergy. So I was very limited to what I could select off of the menu. I think it was down to two items. And I like eggs, and the eggs weren't... Um, egg dishes weren't what I would normally get, and the waiter suggested I get an egg on the side, which worked fine. Yeah, the it's an open kitchen concept as well, so you can actually watch watch the chef and the the other uh, kitchen staff making your your meal. Um, I'm a big breakfast fan, and the one thing that bothered me is right on the counter next to where we actually sat at the counter, so we were right in front of where they're making the food, and there's a giant basket of eggs there must have been 50 eggs in this basket and there wasn't really an egg dish so it was almost like a tease yes that's true i think the eggs were on top of something else for most of the items listed yeah you could get a um a turnip uh quesadilla (laughs) with an egg on top but you couldn't get an egg so anyway They, they did have good um bakery items 
I think ours was kind of boring. We got a sourdough something or other. Yeah, the place seemed to be hopping, though, so so people like it. And I I know Bill's a big fan of it, and, you know, I'm I'm glad that uh, it's there because I think it is bringing some some really interesting and different dishes to Indiana. Uh, So, well, we'll probably give it, I'd give it a four out of five. That would be my... That was good. Yeah. And then in the evening, we all, we all, all of us, all our friends, we met up for dinner. We went to, um, I think it's Carmel, um, or Carmel. Correct, which is, you know, suburbia on the north side of Indiana there. And we met at a restaurant that's a steakhouse, um, Anthony's Chop House. Decent place. Uh, service was good. We had a good time. Had some really nice bottles of wine there, and a uh, couple. Uh, they had some very fancy steaks. I know Braden got the this <laughs> extra special Wagyu rubbed by uh, Virgin Geisha girls. I got fish. It was delicious. So um, he said it was fabulous. I think I just got a uh, a regular old petite filet, and and it was it was a great time. Moreover, though, I think it was it was great to see our friends. The company was was amazing. We got to catch up and and uh, we spend did, some time. Um, before ending the night, we did pop up upstairs to Three Up Rooftop Bar. Um, it was kind of winding down. I think we made it for last call, and that was about it. And Brayden did break a glass. <laughs> so we have to apologize for any broken uh, barware that yeah. was caused by our friend Brayden. And um, we're it, sorry. It was great to see all our friends in Indianapolis. So uh, the next day we we left Indianapolis. Uh, Indiana- we wanted to, of course have a podcast while we were there with Julie as our special guest. She was very excited, and unfortunately it didn't work out. So we're going to have to apologize for not having the ability to have her here on our podcast, uh, but know that Indianapolis is known as the Crossroads City. It is the pretty much the center where everyone has to go to to get all over the United States. Uh, it has a lot of uh, history and culture. And that their official drink is water. water. So with leaving Indiana, we wanted to take a moment and talk about our trailer here. We're in a 2018 Airstream International Serenity. And we've had, um, this is our second long trip. Last year we went uh, two months into the West. Pacific Northwest. And the West and into Canada. And uh, this trip, we've seemed to have had a lot of gremlins. It's quite frustrating having um, leaks here and there, even in a window. Yeah, we've um, we we've noticed that the quality that Airstream has been synonymous for, the reputation that has been built up over uh, well over fifty years, um, is kind of kind of gone by the wayside. Uh, we've had shower leaks pipes that are, you know, PEX pipes that are leaking in the wall, window seals that are leaking. What's also difficult is that it's hard to find replacement parts. So the faucet on the kitchen sink, we have had no luck finding. And we probably have to special order it, but we don't have, we didn't have time, nor do we have a place for it to really be sent to while we're traveling on the road. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. We were just wondering if there's a, some other Airstreamers out there who have who have kind of noticed that that Airstream has 
lost a little bit of its edge, a little bit of its quality. And what's even more frustrating is these these uh, RVs are are not cheap. They're they're actually on the expensive side end, and us having the experience of also having a 1969 Airstream that we run our our coffee shop out of, it makes us wonder if Airstream has kind of lost its quality. So if uh, any of you other Airstreamers are out there are experiencing quality issues with the the new Airstreams once, I'm not 100% sure when Thor uh, took over production of Airstream, but if uh, any of you there with some late model Airstreams are having problems, send us a line and, and let us know your thoughts on the subject. Uh, you can reach us at Airstreaming Sojourners with a Z on Instagram. And um, we look forward to hearing your, your comments, opinions, or other horror stories about you know what you've experienced with your Airstream. Hopefully there's not too many others with problems. Wrapping up our fourth episode, we will next be heading into Canada. Um, we look forward to sharing our, our adventures in Canada with you. I personally am looking forward to visiting Niagara Falls. I've never been there. I think it will be beautiful, and I'm excited to share that with you. And uh, I'm excited to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, oh, yes. as being a hockey player and huge hockey fan. Uh, the history and just uh, being able to see all those players is something I've been really looking forward on this trip. So when we get to Toronto, that's going to be one of our stops. And uh, so with that, we say goodbye. So signing off. Eric and Michelle, the air streaming sojourners. <laughs>